Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. Who is it that is judging this significance of a person's impact on the world? He'll see like, you know, a pile of trash outside and he's like, oh, it's beauty, beauty right in front of us. So what we're saying is this is a really great pair of investigators to send out together. A guy who's just like, whatever. And a guy who's like, no, this is where we're getting to the bottom of this and only this. One thing that strikes you is a couple of similarities between Radon and a man whose pen name is Nadar. Monsieur Radon has set it up so that he will receive a delivery of telegrams each evening at the Sacré-Cœur Basilica. Any chance you could divert some of these telegrams from making it there? Get the hell out of here. While I can't say for sure if it has been or hasn't, it, it seems as though he would be able to get whatever that machine of his is to this location. It's an invitation for you to come to the Lapine Agile, uh, which is a, a cabaret and bar in Montmartre, so in the same neighborhood as the Basilica, at 11 p.m. And the last two words are just, come alone. Maybe we can sit where we can see the church and wait for someone to arrive. There's someone hiding themselves up against the wall, and they're clearly looking up at the four of you. New York City, October 1st, 1877. Edith Conway sat in a rocking chair, hands folded in her lap. To most, she might have seemed on the verge of sleep, but her eyes were sharply locked on the child playing in front of her. A little boy, not yet two years old, was crawling around and playing with his toys. What an angel you are, little Percy. I wish you could stay this peaceful forever, but your little eyes see too much. I'm afraid you're bound to see all the darkness this world has to offer. Edith was prone to dark thoughts, though she liked to think of them as practical. The world was a dark place, and she knew, even at this age, that the young Mr. Vanderbilt had the eyes and the mind to see all that the world had to offer. Edith watched as her boss, Percy's father, walked by the room she and Percy were in. Percy looked up expectantly as the man passed, but his father didn't even give him a single glance, something Edith was sure that Percy noticed and took in, even at such a young age. She closed her eyes, feeling sadness for her young charge. When she opened them again, Percy was right in front of her, holding out a book for her to read. "'You want me to read this one to you, lad?' the woman said out loud, pulling Percy up onto her lap and grabbing the book from his hands. It was thin, and as Edith looked at the cover, she didn't recognize it. "'It must be new,' she thought as she looked down at the title. "'Maud goes to the masked ball.'" Edith began to read to Percy, almost absentmindedly, taking in the lavish color pictures that filled the book more so than the words. She saw a young girl holding a strange machine, a mask that moved and smiled. She saw the same girl receiving an invitation to a masquerade and making her way to the party. And as she neared the end, she saw a glimpse of the girl speaking to a man who was removing his mask when Percy reached down and tore at the page, ripping the top half clean off. Edith pulled the torn page from Percy's hand and set him down on the ground, standing up to set the book aside. She opened the front cover to slide the torn page into it when she noticed the title page, and she froze in place. There, it listed the name of the book, with no author, and the publisher, Finkelstein Books. But underneath the name of the publisher, it also listed the year of publication, 1925.
So, I think I introduced role-playing games to at least two of you. Chris, Sarah, can we confirm that I introduced role-playing games to the two of you? Yep. Mikey? Yeah. Maybe a third? Yeah. It I was mean, at least your first GM, right? Yes, and it was kind of a by-proxy thing. I think I've mentioned it before, is that I kind of always had a real, like, oh, those are for nerds. Right, yeah. And then my younger brother did it, and I, everything he does is cool in my eyes, so I was like, oh, maybe they're cool. And he only did them, I think, because you introduced him to them. Yes, yes, So by-proxy, it's he doesn't need the credit. You, you yes. get the credit for that. And so I know that I did not introduce uh, role-playing games to Tommy, but he has been playing role-playing games for a long time. And so I would say at this point, both on and off mic, all of you have played a number of characters in various role-playing games. So my question to start this episode is, which is your favorite and why? And yes, you do have to choose a single character and tell me why they're your favorite. I, I'm tempted to pick one, and it's it's from a, a role-playing game that was played exclusively on Discord. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I played a character who, uh, his name was Ben Burnham, in a Discord-only game, <laughs> who was so reprehensible and unlikable that Eric, like, kind of banned him from the game. Like, Eric doesn't <laughs> want to return to this character. And, and to the point where, like, Eric even told me one time that he was so bad and such a deplorable character that Eric thinks I have that somewhere inside of me because it came <laughs> too easily. And and Tommy called it the greatest thing I've ever, the greatest character I ever wrote. Like he was so, I cannot stress how horrible this character was. Everyone hated him. No one even liked playing the game because he was so bad. But it wasn't like I was doing what? anything out of, like I wasn't, actively ruining the game i was playing no. along but the he was character just a detestable was detestable human a detestable being detestable human being so it's either ben burnham or of course uh veteran listeners know i do love chip from yes. season four i just mm -hmm. so what much i thought you're gonna say ben burnham i i can i can only the the only reason i can even tolerate the existence of ben burnham is because it was a written medium yeah, and not yeah. an audio medium. Because I don't think I could have done it. Hearing someone yeah. saying what he said, I, I couldn't. I, I, I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also think I think one of the the smart choice you made with Ben Burnham was you purposely made him eminently bullyable. That like he would immediately come in. It would be like none of the other characters who like because I was in that game as well. None of the rest of our characters would like him, and so all of the other characters would treat him like shit because he was such an obnoxious asshole. <laughs> yeah, so it there was, was like it was like open season on Ben Burnham the entire time we played with him. It yeah, was just yes. like like telling him to shove off, calling him names, like irredeemable. Like, just, like didn't want him to be redeemable at all. He he just I I would love to bring Ben Burnham to the good people of Nature of My Games audience <laughs> one day. If Eric will ever allow, please restart writing your emails, folks. Free in our ben last, Burnham. In our last Free ever episode of the Nature of My Game podcast. <laughs> he just shows up and ruins everybody's fun. Uh, yeah, he um, he worked for the NSA. He was a Delta Green character that worked for the NSA. That's all you need to know. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I kind of thought you were going to say that. Uh, others, favorite characters? I think Dahlia Ivanova is my favorite. She has like these artistic sensibilities, but also has some like real cool powers that I, as Sarah, could never hope to have. <laughs> she is pretty amazing, and yeah, like, we haven't even seen the cool fullness stuff. of we haven't even seen the fullness of Dolly Ivanova yet. Yeah, and I've never been worried that she's gonna like die in this scenario. I mean, j maybe that's just because she hasn't. But well, 
I mean, she could. I'm more just like, she seems like she's got some real metal to her. Yes, there's no doubt about it. I'm still thinking about this question. Okay. Because it's... You've probably me, played a lot hard. of characters. A lot yeah. of, I was going to say, I have a lot of yeah, characters. Yeah, you've got a long list. Uh, and so it's hard to pick a favorite. I know uh, one that probably Mike would like me to pick... Did you pay? <laughs> just then, you just you just want him to say the name. I, I that's yeah, all, <laughs> your gloves. That's proud. all you really want. <laughs> My man. Yes, it's 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 gloves. Oh, it's God. for our uh, for our uh, blades in the dark. Short lived blades in the Short-lived, dark. Game. Yeah, El, El, Elger Prow, aka Gloves. There he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> hey, hello. How are you? He was the best. Yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> So-called because he had a very fine pair of gloves yes. that he loved very much and would never allow to be damaged, and so people called him Gloves. And he was a replacement character. Oh. Your actual character got, like, waylaid. Drek Danfield. Drek Danfield, Drek Danfield. Got, <laughs> yes, got waylaid for an adventure, so I had to introduce a new character and off for the cuff. just an adventure, so Gloves is the one who came <laughs> That's out. That's the beautiful part of Gloves. He just he was an off-the-cuff. Yeah. I once, in one of those games, played a, a great hunter named Mitch Album. He's another that's one of my right. favorite that's true. characters. Oh my that's true. That's, that's, a, that's something, Mikey, that you and Chris share, is that you have both played the big game hunter profession yes. in a Call of Cthulhu game. Oh, not, isn't it fun? <laughs> oh, I think that's I mean, I think that mean that's my favorite character. Marcel um, Pope? Marcel Pope for me. Right, Partly because he lasted a long time, so we had him. This was also a Discord campaign. Um, so he, he was going for a while. But he was like he was a good blend of he had some very useful skills so he could be involved nicely um and he was very deadly but he was also very fragile which somehow he mostly carried through for a long time before he met a very tragic end um <laughs> but it, yeah the big game hunter is like you know the backstory is a lot of fun he was like a total loner from like the canadian prairie provinces and just this kind of <laughs> miserable guy um, <laughs> he had like a 35 yeah, he, appearance like he was just like oh, I think ugly it was as hell I think it was like 25 he was like hideous <laughs> and huge and also like really unhealthy like he's just like always this on the edge. He sounds great. He sounds great. And he was a, he, he was he was a, he was a bowman by trade. But I, I let him carry yes. around a rifle in New York City, like under a big a big like jacket, trench coat. like a trench coat. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, Marcel was great. So far, I'm the only person who's like, oh, I love this character because they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. Like, well, some, I definitely have some like, cool characters qualities. that I've played. And that, like, I have a Star Wars bounty hunter that I really liked uh, called Zithix that was, like, kind of a cooler character. A paladin that I played for D&D that I really liked. But, yeah, like, I sometimes the weirdos are the ones that are really, yeah, like, they, yes, I agree. to stick with you. The robes gallery, if you will. Yeah. You gotta try it sometime. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have I've, I've GM'd so many games and have played so few, so I don't actually have that many characters. Um, and I'm tempted to to pick my longest running Pathfinder character, who was a halfling monk named Wit Stills. Who he was a he was a tripping monk, and so he he liked to trip large creatures. He also didn't say anything; like he 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 was ve- he was very quiet. So I don't actually think he's my favorite character. I think Kurt Stevens has to be my favorite character. I was gonna say Kurt Stevens Love was Kurt. good. Kurt was a good character. I had so much fun playing Kurt. And Kurt I like that fun. there was two, like, you, you essentially got to play two Kurt. 
Yeah. Right? Not yeah. to spoil anything for people who have not heard the season, but like there's an. Imp- a- Wait, this is the principle? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, pretty like cool that, that, like, at a certain point in that season, if anyone is going to listen, like, you just completely switch your characterization in a way that makes sense. It's not like you forgot who he was. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's in story, but it's, like, really impressive because he, he you completely change aspects of him. And yeah. in a way that, but there's still length. It's, I He would have been my pick for your favorite. I'm just, I'm happy we got the payoff to Kurt. So am I. We got yeah, it so to happen. It happened naturally. Yes. It happened right where you would have wanted it to. Yep. Maybe a cliffhanger at the end of episode. Chef's guess was great. So for listeners who haven't listened to She Blinded Me with Science, uh, Definitely give it a our listen. Monster of the Week season, you should check it out. It's cool. You can hear Kurt Stevens and you can hear Tommy Witty as the, uh, as the, ha- uh, ha- the keeper. no, not handler, that's Delta Green. Uh, the keeper. The keeper. Yeah. He still mm-hmm. hasn't really answered the question, by the way. Not to put Tom back he on the spot. He has not. I, I, I do, I do want to, I do want a final answer from Tommy. Oh no. It's not Elgar uh, Gloves Pro. That's so no, it's hard. Definitely not. <laughs> that's so hard. It, I it's not just... Alberto Sledge Vasquez. I do like Sledge. It's I do not... like Sledge. Monty. I think he's pulled some cool. Come on, Monty it's going to be Monty Hogg. Come Monty on. Hog. Yeah, I do love Monty Hogg. I do love Monty Hogg. He is he has grown on me quite a bit. So, I guess we'll take we'll take the easy answer here. I won't say Arianath is Sylvestri Grandelmore, aka Ariana Grande, my paladin from. Um. I'm, I'll go with uh, yeah. I'll go with Monty Hogg. I like Monty a lot. All right, all right. There's no good way. I mean, I'm sure there's a good way to transition, but we're just gonna dive right back in after that fun discussion Ooh, speaking about Speaking of Monty Hogg, what you heard about that? <laughs> Jesus you're a professional. <laughs> God damn it! You're uh, better than that. <laughs> speaking of it, I can edit. I can edit all that out and just say, speaking <laughs> of Monty Hogg. There you go. <laughs> Gonna dive back in. So um, our characters went to Sacré-Cœur, um, a basilica in Montmartre, uh, that is an unfinished basilica, where it seems like Monsieur Radon has asked his telegrams to be delivered, but they didn't really find much there. They talked to some of the workers, specifically one named Jacques. They broke into the church. They broke through the padlock and went inside. Didn't find much. But as they were leaving, they noticed, Monty noticed specifically that a man was watching them from the nearby neighborhood with uh, an, an eyeglass and kind of disappeared into the alleyway when he saw that they looked back down, when they looked down at him. So that is where we're going to pick back up. Okay. My friends, I believe we have been observed going around and doing what we were doing down and I will point down towards where I saw this man disappear. I don't think he had a spyglass. I think he was far enough away. We're never going to catch up with him, but we may wish to go and see what, what he was trying to look for in watching us down there, that alley there. Yes. Down there. Donald's starting to go. You're taking off. Yeah. He's taking off. All right. So I think I actually, (laughs) I was thinking about this uh, before we started. I think I actually am going to, turn this into a pseudo combat um so i think we actually are going to use the combat system because i think this combat system gives us the flexibility to do that so i I love the yellow king rpg combat system even though it is so much simpler than the call of cthulhu combat systems a million times simpler than the pathfinder combat system which is what i'm most used to it's the one that i can never remember so i'm going to go to the book uh, because there's a there's a very distinct step by step process to follow for the Yellow King RPG combat system that we are going to follow right now. So the first thing that we have to do is I think uh, 
Mikey's favorite part of the entire system, which is defining the objective. Mikey topple. loves to define the objective because some of them are so uh, so ridiculous. So I'm going to list out the objectives, and I think you know in this case some of these assume that you will catch up to this person, and that's no guarantee in this case. But um, but we are going to uh, you still have to define what you would do if that happened. Okay. Sound good? All right. So we have the to have a group consensus. You do have to have group okay. consensus on okay. the objective. All right. So the objectives are as follows: kill. Uh, render helpless, and that means keep fighting until everyone on the other side of the fight is too hurt to continue. So you're like beating them to a pulp, basically. Gain surrender, keep fighting until everyone on the other side agrees to be taken into custody in exchange for promise of fair treatment. Uh, beat up, thrash your opponent and walk away, leaving them badly hurt but not dead. Similar, I think, to render helpless. Block, stop them from moving past you. So in this case, I would I would consider block to be like corner this person. Um, drive away, which, you know, they're already running away, so it probably doesn't apply in this particular situation. Uh, escape, um, again, not probably right for this situation. Escape with a captive. Um, maybe I could see an argument where you want to, like, grab this person and, like, bring them back to the church or something like that to, to interrogate them. Gain an item. Do you want the spyglass particularly? <laughs> you can steal it from them. It looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> um overrun you forcibly move through a group of opponents attempting to block you probably not relevant here and topple uh if you would there like to is. chase them to the sen and then topple them into the push sen, them in the you can do topple. <laughs> yeah. i want to topple this guy block stands out to me as the one because if we yeah. block him we can interrogate him and in a worst case scenario we do have someone who can do a pretty hardcore intimidate to him to get info like blocking him seems the way to go but what time is it I think it's probably about 3 p.m. Oh, so we have plenty of time to give chase and not worry that the letters or telegrams will all arrive at that precise moment. Probably, yeah, but you're probably fine. Okay. You think this person is a, is a decoy to drive you away <laughs> so that Radon can swoop in and grab his telegrams? <laughs> he is a, he's know. quite a, a, like a theatrical man. You never know. Manu could stay. She doesn't really feel the need probably to chase this guy. Would you like to stay and not chase? Yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah, I think Donald and Percy probably would both trip over each other to tell her to stay. She's like, you know, you can stay here. Well, I'll yeah, take, she's like, I'll I'm take gonna stay. I'll take care of it. Is there like a cafe like across from the church where she can just like sit and keep an eye on it? Keep an eye on the fight? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, <laughs> oh, the, the front church. door of oh, the, the church. church. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would say that there's somewhere that you can sit to and keep an eye on the front of the church. No problem. Cool. Yeah, Donald did take off, so... <laughs> Which is where she was headed anyways. <laughs> like, she was like, let's get a snack and, like, watch the door. So she's going to be like, okay, you guys chase them, I'll stay here. So I will say that this uh, allows us to incorporate another rule, and I'm not going to let you change your mind now, Sarah, uh, called the oh. opt-out penalty. <gasps> no! <laughs> Robin Pepsi Laws breaks. knows what you crafty players are up to. The and... long arm of the laws <laughs> comes for us again. So it says, foe difficulties assume that the foe has to fight an entire party of PCs. When player characters elect, elect to skip a fight, those who do take part in the battle suffer a minus one fighting penalty per absent PC. The foe's toll also increases by one for each oh, absent no. PC. Thanks so, a you know, lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Can I? No, 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 no. Okay. Manu Sorry. just is going to stroll down the hill, grab a cup of coffee. She's not a fighter. While the <laughs> men I mean, she, no, fight she can. for her. Just kidding. She can fight. 
I mean, like actually, this. she so really I, can. I yeah, this is a good mechanic. I think it also like it is you know I see it as like we go around the corner and like Percy now knows that Manu cannot see them fighting <laughs> and impressing her, and so he loses a little bit of steam. Loses his steam. Oh, yeah, man. we we suddenly it's, it's two and a half on one instead of three. Yeah. <laughs> no, Amazing. I don't. Okay, I'm off to that part. <laughs> All right, won't so... happen again. <laughs> no, but this is this is good role playing. This is yes, like yes, you do yes, the penalty yeah. because this is the I know that like, making that choice. That's not it just always... didn't seem important to her to run after this no, guy. It's per- that, and that's perfect. That's <laughs> what do you think she makes says so under her breath the as the three of them sprint off after this person? It's like, oh, mon dieu, les hommes, like men. <laughs> oh, by oh by the way, Monty's not sprinting off either. Is he? Is he? Is he fighting? So originally, I was I was torn between whether I would be kind of going off with Manu as well and waiting for the two of them. But I think what he would actually do is he would let them sprint after them, and he would look around and put his hands in his pockets and just walk in a direction that he thought might end up kind of cutting the person off. So he is still sort of participating, but he's not doing a direct chase. He wants to kind of look around and see if maybe he can get out in front of whoever this was by going in a slightly different direction. It all adds up. Like Donald sprinted off because that's what he does. Percy was like, well, if he's running, I got to run. And then Monty (laughs) was like, all right, we'll let these two boneheads go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I like it a lot. So now we're going to determine spends. Normally in a combat, you would, uh, your spend would be in fighting. In this case, I'm going to let you be more creative with what you want to use I could see an argument for fighting would be fine. I could see an argument for athletics or health. Monty, you can be even more creative with what you want to spend for whatever it is that you're doing here. Um, but you do you you still are going to have to declare a spend, and all of these will take a minus one uh, since Manu is not around. Uh, minus one off the spend? No, it's a minus one on the roll. I'm just oh, letting okay. you know oh, okay. that it's, okay. it, it'll, it's factored in. I'm going to say for me... Because uh, I think now the audience gets to, gets to introduce a new wrinkle to the world of Donald Braith is that, like, we're dealing with violently angry Donald Braith. So I'm going to say he's, I'm going to spend it in fighting. Okay. And I'm going to spend, because, like, I think he, he uh, just everything is, like, as he goes further and further into this and just gets, like, more and more internally conflicted, I think it, it coming out as, like, if he catches up to this guy, he's going to start really, like, beating him up. And I think he kind of, like... It, he hasn't been training to fight, but I think like anger has been building inside of him and stuff. So I'm going to spend, I'm going to say he spends two in fighting. Okay. Percy? I think I'll also spend two just because that's what Donald is doing. So it's like, <laughs> you know, Percy feels like he has to sort of follow here. And, you know, he, he's he's hot off a couple weeks ago downing this hideous beast. So I think he's confident in his fighting abilities. And so are you, you're using fighting as well? Yes, yeah. Okay. We're just in a foot race with each other to get there. Yes. Yeah. Like watching each other. beating each other up. Uh, What about you, Monty? So Monty's whole plan here is to kind of try to assess the roadways, the the alleys, etc. Head in the same direction, but see if he can get to a place where he might actually get out ahead of this person, trap them, help corner them. Mm. uh, While the other two are kind of like corralling uh, by, by giving chase. Uh, from behind so I don't know if that makes sense uh, I, I you know it could be something like athletics where I just sort of like start trying to jog to get out in front 
But I could also see it being something like a composure or preparedness. I'm not. I'm not entirely Ooh, I sure. Like pre- I like preparedness. I like preparedness. To know the right way to go. Yeah, I like okay. that. Okay. Mm. All right. I will. Um, I don't have a ton in preparedness, but I will spend this one. Um, you know what? Let's just do it now. I'm going to spend both of my preparedness points. And have zero left over. I, I think I have. I think others have preparedness if it were to be a situation where we yeah. need it. All right. Yeah. Spending both preparedness points, and this is at minus one, correct? Uh, yes, but All hold right. off on With, the roll. Okay, got it. All right, so now we're going to go in turn order. And so remember that you only get one turn in combat in, in the Yellow King RPG. And so it's not... I stab once, right? It's it's it, you're gonna tell me what you're trying to accomplish overall. We're gonna roll. We're gonna see what the result is, and then you're gonna describe. You're going to describe what happens based on the success or the failure of that roll. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Donald, since you sprinted off first, and you all spent two, since you sprinted off first, I think we're going to start with you. Okay. So I'd like you to describe what are you hoping to accomplish in this endeavor. I think that for in terms of like just the general uh, idea is to catch up with the guy and kind of corral him mm-hmm. uh, to see why. And I think how it would manifest in his success would be like if he caught up to him, he'd probably like tackle him and like slam him into a wall or something. Or maybe even like like get just one clean punch in his face. Like he's it doesn't matter to him that this guy really hasn't done anything wrong. Like I think he's going to treat it like this is a, a hostile situation. Yep. Because his tension is rising. Got it. Makes sense. All right. So go ahead and give me your give me your fighting roll. Uh, okay. Plus two from your spend. Minus, minus one. one. So, so an plus overall one. plus one. Yes. Uh, four. All right. So that is a success. Nice. Which means that instead of taking either of the injury cards, you just take the toll. Um, in this case, there was already a toll of one. Tolls are for opponents that are particularly strong. And so even when you succeed... They, they kind of wear you down. And uh, because Manu is not participating, that toll bumps up to two. So you need to remove two points okay. uh, from your pools, your choice, athletics, health, or fighting. Any combination. It can be one and one. It can be two from one of them. Uh, I already took one from... Let's just, let's make it realistic and say because, like, he's just, he's going blind rage. It's two out of health. Like, he's going to hurt himself in hurting someone else. I like it. So you start sprinting down the hill, you turn the alley corner, you see him at the edge, you maybe you cut down a different alley and you you're able to pop out closer to him. What do you do when you get closer to him? I think uh am I close enough to to tackle? Yeah, you could you can attempt to tackle, yes. Yeah, I think I'll I'll, I'll either try to maybe not tackle him to the ground but kind of like drive him into a into a wall or or whatever the structure nearby is and Drive him in and kind of catch him with one across the jaw when I do. Nice. So you oh. you 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 catch up to him. You kind of slam him into a building wall. You there's some shutters on this building that kind of snap back as you as you hit him into the wall and it kind of rings his bell a little bit. And you like rear back and and hit him across the jaw. And as you do that, he like he's got kind of blood in his mouth and he spits it back in your face and then he headbutts you in the head okay. and you kind of bounce back a little bit. And he continues to run. Okay. So oh, no. success, but also you take a little Took health. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did he drop the telescope? Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he, he like he pocketed that when he started to run. So <gasps> okay, it's not a camera. There's nothing to find. <laughs> Does he have any bloodborne yeah. illnesses? 
<laughs> um, so Percy, um, you also sprinted off chasing after this person. So not even a continuation of what Donald necessarily was doing, but like what what is your overall goal? Yeah, I mean, I think pretty similar for Percy. He's trying to just sort of maybe he'll like tackle the guy around the legs, knock him down and kind of just hold him on the ground. I think he's also he's aware that he sort of would have backup in this situation. So mm-hmm. he's just waiting for them to get there and they'll kind of all together, like tie the guy up, something like that. Gotcha. Um, so go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll your fighting test again. An overall plus one. Five total. Just All got right. a one up. Five. Um, so I think, uh, you you know, you were behind a little bit from Donald because he took off first. And so you see Donald like slam this guy into the house. You see the, the punch, you see the headbutt, and he kind of continues taking off. But you're gaining on him. Um, and because, you you know, you have a success here. Tell me uh, tell me what you what you do. I think Percy kind of dives at the guy's legs. He takes him down, um, tries to tackle him on the ground. And again, I think he's like trying to sort of pin him down, but he's also trying to like save enough time that the other two will catch up and they can kind of all apprehend him together. All right. So you're also going to take a two point toll. Um, So take two points out of athletics, fighting or health. What are you going to take him out of? One health. One health and one athletics. Yeah, so I think you kind of overexert yourself uh, trying to catch up with this guy, right? Like you use a little bit, a little bit more energy than maybe you want to, but you do kind of dive at him um, and knock him to the ground, and he's trying to kind of scramble up. Um, you know, you kind of knock the wind out of yourself as you fall to the ground, but you do trip him up. Um, and so then Monty, uh, and you've already kind of described it, but um, describe again for me uh, what you're, what you're attempting to do in this in this combat and what you might do if you do uh, cut the guy off so i'm just trying to get out in front of him and and uh basically allow him to be corralled by the other two to kind of if they whether they chase him into me or i can kind of get in his way and they can catch up to him um and apprehend him that way just sort of essentially block him off from wherever he is running so that's that's the sort of that's the end goal and if you do block him off what do you plan to do I'm just going to try to hold him. So okay. I think ultimately, if this succeeds and I take a toll, it'll be that he's probably hitting me and I'm not hitting him back. I'm just trying to kind of pin his arms and like keep him held in one place. Got it. Go ahead and roll. All right. Uh, four total. Roll to four three. total. All right. So that is also a success. Um, so you're also going to take the same toll. Okay. Um, and I think for me, uh, I will take it out of... Um, I'm going to take both of it out of fighting, I think, because it's sort of that I am purposefully not like fighting him and he is hitting me back if I'm able to kind of get my arms around him or pin, you know, pin him in place. It's funny that this guy maybe just thought Manu was hot and was like checking around yeah, the spyglass. It's entirely We're just beating entirely the shit possible. out of him. Yeah, just yeah just he's like, like, what are you doing? We have a mission here. Um, so, uh, so Monty, since you're last, and I can tell you that overall this was a plus one for the group, so it was a success, uh, you can go ahead and describe how you finally corner this guy and uh, kind of block him off from escaping. Okay, I think I, Monty just sort of lightly jogs down some of the side streets, kind of like looking at w- roughly where he would have run off to and listening as well for the sound of the other two catching up and like, you know, Throwing some Rolling. punches, getting some fights in, and getting an idea of where they are. And he kind of runs up to 
uh, one street and down one alley and, and just puts himself there as he hears the approaching footsteps coming up towards him and just gets in the way of this person and sort of like right at the corner as he rounds the corner just tries to grab onto him and is just and I'm not as I mentioned I'm not trying to kind of punch or anything I'm just trying to pin him in place keep you know grab an arm like keep him keep him from continuing to run by like tripping with one of my legs type of a thing just hold him in place and so I imagine he is swatting and hitting at me and that's why I'm taking the uh, the damage from him Yes, and as you're holding him in place, um, I think somewhat battered and bruised and a little dirty um, and breathing heavily, Donald and Percy uh, join you. And so it's clear now that this man doesn't really have anywhere to go. He's wearing kind of drab clothing. Uh, Looks like someone who doesn't want to be noticed. But I would say that he seems to be in pretty good physical condition. Um, and you see that he has a, a, a cane or a stick or something like that kind of, uh, on his belt. I think all of you would probably, like, it's clear that this man does not need to walk with a cane, so you probably think this is a sword cane. And he's still kind of trying to struggle with Monty, but it's clear that he has been bested. I will just, I, I'm just gonna go in kind of as a pinning him, just push him back into the two of you, um. Just because I'm tired of getting hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of shove him can back I, into you. Can I take the cane off his off his belt? Is he, sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that and just smack him in the stomach with it. What, what are you doing that for? Why are you watching us? Why are you watching us from afar? I wasn't watching you. I, I, all contraire, my friend. I, I, I saw you with, with with the spyglass. You're, you're standing down there watching us. What are you watching us for? And I hit him again in the stomach. I just, I just do what I'm paid to do. And what was that exactly? To watch you. Who paid you? You're interested in the the auction, right? Yes. Well, my employer is as well. They were hoping you might lead them to it. So I think I give him like a, a cursory, just like another shove into the wall and then turn my back because now I'm frustrated that we're not, we didn't get immediate answers from him. <laughs> he slams back into the wall. You don't have to be so rough. I'm just going to put my hand up on his, like, just up on his collar and kind of, like, be pinning him back into the wall if possible. Now, who exactly is your employer? Why would I tell you that? I I will look over at Don um, and at Percy and then glance back at him and, and, and go, I can think of three big reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an interpersonal ability that you think you're using here? I've got negotiation. I mean, there is also the uh, dead stare. Yeah, I could, I could do that, which is terrible for everyone, but uh, is something I could oh. do. I could it's do in the a case of stare. emergency, break glass thing. Right? I mean, yeah, I have sort a of. sword it's cane an, now. I could threaten the, him with a sword cane. It's my one last intimidation push. I don't know if either of uh, you have anything that you feel like I, can kind of like ruthlessly get information both. from this man. I don't. I think. I. I mean, officialdom. I think in this case, actually, the two of you make fun of it all the time. But you oh, might be useful? able to. You might be able to say that you could get the that you that you would be able to you know get them in trouble, like get them you know like uh, you know get the cops on them or whatever. That's a Percy Vanderbilt thing, I think. Yes. Go for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like I think Percy. Percy 
Yeah, Percy will, despite the fact that he looks like a teenager here, and he's um, he's going to brag he about it. He is you know, a teenager, his, yeah, right? I was say, yeah. this is Percy going full Karen and being like, oh, who called the cops on manager. Yeah. <laughs> I have plenty of friends down at the local constabulary, and they would uh, love to make your acquaintance, sir. Well, well, it's I, it's not worth all of that. He didn't even pay me that much anyway. He's, he's a local doctor. Uh, his name is... Henri Ducasse. I think Donald and, and Monty immediately are like, Ducasse? The one Ducasse? that found the classmate? The one who who we took him to. The one who took Mr. Leaf to. That's who we took. Yes, that's, Calvin that's Leaf, the VD we took doctor. Him there. Yes. What on earth is he doing hiring people to spy on us and getting involved? Unless, wait. Okay. Hold on. He wants to get involved with the auction. Maybe just be... But he doesn't know about all of the... No. Unusual no. business that it, we've gotten involved in. Unless Leith said something how, while he was there. How long have you been spying on us? Oh, just just a few just a few hours. Hmm. I don't think that I'm the only one he hired. What did he say when he hired you? What 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 information did he give you about us? Just a description of what you looked like. Who else did he describe? And I get right mm. up in his face now. No one else to me. I I I think he's I think he's been having a few people tailed to try to find out where the auction is. Do you know anything about any of the other people that are being tailed? I th I think I heard him say Michelin. The name Michelin. You know, the the the, the, the bicycle repairman. Hmm? The Michelin man? Yeah, I was going to say. Actually, yes. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say, that's uh, what the tire name I think comes yeah. from. Yes. So, so, so oh. yeah, so uh, I, think, I think with your culture ability, Percy... You would know that Andre and Edouard Michelin are bicycle tire repair people. The Michelin men? Yeah, yeah the Michelin yes. men. That's who's being That's killed? actually okay. who the, the creature is going to be in the end of this. We're going to have to fight no, the We're going to fight the Michelin man. <laughs> Make tires. Tires. <laughs> He's actually also a blimp. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey. yeah. oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. It's all yeah, coming so they're, together. So, they're, so they're, they're, they're bike tire manufacturers, but they invented tires that were more easily repairable when they popped. Um, and so they're very mm. famous for that. And yes, it is. It is who uh, Michelin Tires is named after. It's also who the Michelin Guidebook is named after because they actually created the guidebook oh, to okay. try to increase car travel, mm -hmm. um, so that people needed tires. I'm learning something today, folks. So Along the Michelin, like it. a Michelin-starred restaurant, is the a same Michelin as yeah. the Tire Brothers. It means so that it got three, three. one, two, or three stars from the Michelin guide, yeah, yep. yeah. from the guide, which was started because these guys wanted to increase their tire sales, and oh, so they the made like thing. a guidebook. Wild. Wow. Weird, wild stuff. Hmm. I think Percy hears this and is like doesn't believe it really and so he just punches a guy again <laughs> sort of says what the hell are you talking about there's I think no I way heard, I think he heard I think I heard one of the other people that he hired was meant to go after I think it was Edouard Michelin I, I think that he might also be interested in the auction where, where is the doctor today where did he where did where did he hire you from I went to his his house his his office it's the same place. He, he it's on the other place where we yeah. and the place yeah. where we, we took <laughs> Calvin Leaf. Is it's not super close, right? Uh, no, I think it's in the Latin Quarter. Yeah, mm. so we couldn't go see him. We, I mean, we could, but it would take time. I'm just gonna look at both both Don and Percy, and just the 
the major important thing we have to have done in the world is invent a rep, an easily reparable tire. Is that the... <laughs> that's what gets you invited to this auction? Looks like we're out of luck then. <laughs> we could never do something like that. <laughs> we need to find Manu and regroup on this. Certainly. I don't care. I don't care if the two of you want to do anything with this man or not. And I'll just I think, like I just kind of let go of him. Percy's gonna snatch his spyglass just to <laughs> the keepsake. Is and Donald uh, has a sword cane? Is it a sword cane? Is it actually a sword cane? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I think Donald will unsheath the sword cane and like like kind of out of nowhere, just kind of like hold the blade up to the guy's neck and like in a way that would probably disturb both Monty and. Uh, uh, Percy, like, whoa, this is an escalation. (laughs) And, like, think about it for a minute. Not do it, but, like, definitely you kind of see him doing the calculus of, like, can I just stab this guy in the throat right now? And then he just doesn't do it. He doesn't say anything, but he keeps the sword game, just walks off. But it's a sudden explosion of violence that you probably have not really seen from him before. All right. All right. I do have to read you the... uh the major wound from the sword cane just because it's it struck me as so uh, out of nowhere. So the major wound is called sword, sword cane stab. Lose one health each time you make a physical test. Discard as the recipient of a first aid a first aid four test. If still in hand at the end of the scenario roll a die. Odd, you die. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Don't cross me, Percy, because I got the sword. I was going to say, wow. Donald now has now. this weapon. Fencing. Start stabbing people. The most, wouldn't help that the most much stable that. genius among us now has that weapon. <laughs> if you just wanted to look cool, we all know. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, the three of you regroup with Manu. You let this guy go off. Yes, because one of the things that I definitely did was, you know, making sure I watched wherever Manu was headed in terms of the cafe, you know, yeah. and she kind of went off. Yeah, so I think, uh, uh, like, they go over there, and I think that, like, Donald probably, you know, seeing Manu and everything probably brings him back a little bit, but, like, he's not fully out of that moment yet. Like, he's still clearly distracted and thinking about a million things and just kind of comes in and says, like, hello, Manu. Glad you were all right. Glad you are all right. Just kind of walks what's, off what's to happens? order a drink or something. He doesn't Tell her what happened. What Percy's happens, Percy? theatrically twirling the spyglass around his hand, sort of making the point that they, they've dealt with this fellow <laughs> and implying that it was him. He won't be bothering <laughs> us anymore. <laughs> Anu, what these two are trying to tell you but failing to do is that we have a, a good doctor that we have encountered before who is spying on us. And spying on others who are looking to get invitations to this auction. We now have the names. We know who, you know, who this doctor is so we can go and confront him if need be. But we also have the names of other people who are looking to get invited to this auction. Perhaps this means that we are very likely candidates. It may to, mean that we are close. Sales. Yes. Good. I am sorry for Donald, however. He seems upset. Do they have wine at this place? Oh, yeah. I think I come back with a glass of wine for everybody and nice. uh, pa- nice. pound mine. Just, it's gone in a second. <laughs> oh, you bring like back just... five glasses of wine, one for each of them, and two for you. <laughs> two, two, yeah. <laughs> Manu already has one that's empty, and she like starts in on number two. Yeah. yeah. Going to beat my record, I see. <laughs> I learned from the best. Did Manu see anything while they were gone? Uh, no, no? No, one, no one has come to claim anything yet. Okay. 
Do we need to pay a visit to the doctor, Monty? Yes, but I don't I don't know that we have time for that right now. I believe, uh, at least I would suspect, the time it would take us to get over there, uh, have a word with our friend the doctor, and then get back here, we may miss whatever is going to happen here. And I, while I certainly trust uh, Manu and Percy to handle this, I wouldn't want to miss out on uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Mis- Monsieur Redon. I can pay him a solo visit. Percy's eyes kind of mm-hmm. brighten at the prospect of them leaving him and Manu alone. <laughs> so he's like, oh, don't worry. We've, we've totally got it under control. Don, would you like to go and visit the doctor? Remember, we don't need to be too aggressive with him. We simply need to find out why he's so interested in spying on us and others. I think Don, just with a very far off look in his eyes, just kind of nods and just turns to money and says, we need to get on that airship. And just walks out and is waiting for, if he comes out, like, they'll talk more. Maybe he's going by himself. Nobody really knows. He just has now exited the cafe and is Donald Braithwaite. Monty is just going to nod at both Menu and uh, at Percy. Go over to the bar and wave down the uh, the bartender, whoever is keeping there. Pay for a, an entire bottle of wine and walk out with that towards Don. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before oh, okay. we come back to the two of them, uh, Percy and Manu, uh, the other two have just left. You've got kind of a view of the church. What's your plan? I think Manu is a little nervous at the idea that like they're being trailed already. Like she, a lot has happened in one day, and she's starting to really calculate like just how dangerous this might be for her. So she's like, Percy, we we're being followed. All- I don't know where that British accent was. British. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. She asks if they're being followed. <laughs> like, why they're being followed and what he thinks it means. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> they don't have telephones, do they? Yeah, they do. They do? Like, at this yeah. bar, they have a telephone? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I think I think Percy would try... <laughs> try to call down to the telegraph office where they just had such a lovely encounter uh-huh. and just ask when they think they're going to be dropping off the the um telegrams and you know what to expect yeah hello oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh god hello again it's uh it's percy vanderbilt i believe i made your acquaintance earlier today and uh perhaps Did gave you? you a small sum of money oh yeah 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 i remember you so I know we, we spoke about some, some telegrams headed up uh, to the Basilica. Do you have any sense of when those might be arriving? Why are you so interested in the telegrams? I mean, like, the same reason as any Parisian. It's a game. But, 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 why, yeah, but why do you want to know? Why, why do you want to see Radon Get pick them, them so up? Badly. <laughs> it's a great question and difficult to explain. <laughs> You want to make sure yours is getting there, right? Maybe you should ask if Giselle is there. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just like to make sure that mine doesn't get lost in the pile. I'd like to hand deliver it and, you know, hope to avoid this whole back and forth. Did you leave it with us? No, I'm delivering it myself. (laughs) Mr. Vanderbilt, I'm confused. <laughs> are you trying to are you trying to beat us there? <laughs> you know how it is these days. They just let anyone work at the telegraph office, present company excluded, of course. But your telegram isn't here. 
Yes, but I'd like to deliver mine when they deliver the other telegrams. <laughs> See? Yeah, okay. We got there. We got there. Percy's hanging in. Do you remember our deal earlier? <laughs> no. He was like, you get no, the I, hell out of here. I would, tell, I, would, I would tell you where the telegrams were being delivered, and you would leave me the hell alone. I don't believe that you're living up to your end of the deal, Mr. Vanderbilt. And she hangs up. <laughs> oh, wow, that went poorly. <laughs> the greatest rivalry in nature in my game history. Percy versus <laughs> that <woman> lady. Is, <laughs> she is ruthless. Listen, it's a very busy day at the Telegraph yeah, office. Yeah, it is. She is Unprecedented. Busy. All right, well, I think Percy's now <laughs> Percy comes to back to the table. Sit at the bar and order dinner and wait for the... Telegrams to show up. They're coming later. <laughs> um, yeah, so you two just want to hang out, eat, drink until the telegrams arrive? I think Manu might try and get some more information about what he's been through. Of like, usually over these meals we talk about the, what we are reading and arts and these things, but I cannot help but worry. What, what are we getting ourselves into here? Is it safe for me to go home? I think Percy feels like it is safe and isn't going to divulge all that much information to Manu, but... Because, like, she doesn't... She's actually never told anybody that any of this stuff happened, so she's a little, like, all of a sudden, now that she's, like, sat for, I don't know, 30 minutes by herself, is like, what the... What is ha... Like, why am I doing all this? Percy turns to her and says, "I, I think it's safe, but I do believe some of this may relate to Casilda, and that has me very curious. And, like, Manu is not a jealous person at all, but she's like, who, who is this Casilda? Who is she to you? I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. That's, that's all I can say at the moment, but she, she left a deep impression and perhaps a deep inspiration in me. So, I hope to see her again. That does make Manu a bit pouty. She's not jealous, but she's like, I, you won't even tell me that? Like, that's, come on. Um, so she's, <laughs> and sips her wine. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna, we're gonna cut away from the two of you, but... It's going to be a few hmm. hours before you see anything, and so I'm going to ask yeah. you each to make a roll for me here because I think you're going to drink quite a bit before uh, that happens. So we're going <laughs> nice. to we're going to make so. a roll on the on the wine drinking. Okay. So this is going to be a health test for moderate drinking. Oh. Um, mm. So let me know uh, how much either of you would like to spend, if anything. I only have two left, and health seems kind of. Imp- I'm not going to spend at all. Health seems okay. important. Definitely can't hold his liquor. Like, You're just that's gonna rely on your, yeah. on your natural nineteen-year-old yeah. tolerance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, go ahead. And I roll. can't think of any justification for why, for why Manu would. Does she drink a lot? Use it either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so then that's, well, that's she goes to a lot of parties. You could just say so, like she, she has, has high a tolerance. high tolerance and spend a point or two. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll use one. Okay. Uh, Percy, what'd you roll? A three. Okay. Uh, and Manu. I rolled a two, so now it's a three. Okay. Uh, so that is a failure for both of you. Um, <clears throat> luckily, it's just the minor failure for both of you. So you're both going to gain the injury card tipsy. Tipsy. Hmm, okay. A Francis Anderson original. Yeah, I was going to say Francis right? Anderson yeah. classic right there. Yeah. So tipsy injury card, non-lethal, uh, which means that it does not count against your three, um, which is nice. Minus one to tests. On a failed test, make a bad drunk decision. Discard after two hours of world time, as opposed to table time, or after a test to avoid injury. Mm, okay. So this is going to last you into the into the 
evening a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. We're going to cut away from the two of you as you uh, both get a little tipsy on the wine as you wait for something to happen at the Sacre Coeur. And we cut back in time and back outside, just outside the cafe here, to Monty and Donald. I have my provisions. Let's go. Are, you, are we sure we can leave Manu with that useless dandy Vanderbilt? <laughs> I trust Manu to take care of herself and potentially take care of Mr. Vanderbilt as well. <sighs> Let's hope. And so I think uh, Donald will start walking to take a slug from the bottle of wine that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Monty has. Little liquid courage. Certainly. And then I think he'll stop and he'll just kind of look at Monty and, and just kind of like with a with a momentary bit of vulnerability, just be like, I, I, I'm afraid we're too far gone. We've, we've gone too deep with this and there's just no coming out. Uh, you're afraid of that, and uh, it's sort of what I'm hoping for. <laughs> hmm. I think perhaps part of me is too. Chalk it up to your bad influence, I suppose. I will just start drinking out of the bottle as well. And then I think he'll he'll reach into his pocket and pull out that telegram, and he'll just say, the cathedral, Leith's apartment, you found writing your own, you'd hadn't seen it before i i uh i don't recall putting this in my pocket but here it was and i hand it to him i'll just take a look at it you're going to go of course good man i'll fold it up and hand it back to him and that is where we're going to end our story for now <gasps> the boys are back in town folks <laughs> right that's right <laughs> boys paired up the boys the, my game theme it played the, the boys yeah, are back in town the boys right. are back in town the dogs are loose the boys are back in town. <laughs> this podcast was created using the yellow king rpg by pelgrane press and is based on an adventure written by robin d laws both used under the pelgrane press limited community use policy along with the music from the yellow king suite written by james semple Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at nomgpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit www.patreon.com slash nomgpodcast.